Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to read the first 12 verses this evening. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, Cry, and he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is as grass, all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid, say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God, behold the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted, meted out heaven, with the sand, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. Now, as we come to our study tonight, we can look around the world, and we can ask the question, what on earth is going on? Is everything gone wrong? Is everything out of control? Where is it all going to end? And sometimes it feels like that in our own lives. Things happen unexpectedly. And everything seems to fall apart for some reason. We have plans, but things don't work out. What is happening? everything gone wrong we, we live in a land where once the chapels were regularly filled they were built all over the place so that the gospel of the Lord Jesus could be preached many came many professed faith the great hymns were sung but today most of those chapels are closed and gone People are not interested. People are living 
just as they please. Every man doeth that which is right in his own sight. What is going on? Well, Isaiah lived in a very turbulent time. Isaiah prophesied over a period of at least some 40 years. He brought many messages to the people, to God's people. And so many of those messages were warning messages. Telling them that everything they were doing was wrong and it needed to be put right or they would be facing terrible judgment. We can see this if we turn back to the first chapter of Isaiah and the first verse where Isaiah introduces himself. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judea. So he shows us from the beginning, over the period of time, his ministry lasted. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. He even brings the heavens and the earth as witnesses as to how the people had rebelled against everything that they had been taught. They had rebelled and rejected their maker or their sovereign. And isn't that the same problem that we have in the world today? The people have rejected their maker, their creator, and they're living just how they want. But this first verse is not the start of Isaiah's ministry. We find that in chapter 6. We've seen the complaint, the charge that is brought. But what was actually the basis of Isaiah's ministry? How did he start off to be a prophet, to speak for God? Well, in chapter 6, we see his ministry started in the year that King Uzziah died. And he goes on to say, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne <coughs> high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twenty covered his face, with twenty covered his feet, and with twenty did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. This great vision was the basis of Isaiah's call. He saw something of the wonder of the holy, glorious God. And that was carried throughout his whole ministry. But his response to seeing something of the holiness, the glory of God, verse 5, 
Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, when Isaiah saw something of God's holiness, something of his glory, it brought into stark reality the terribleness of his own sin. The terribleness of his people's sin. It's not our problem today. We do not have such a strong view of sin. We do not have such a strong view of our people's sin. And why? Because we do not have this clear vision of the glory and of the holiness of our God. And is this not the problem right across the broad spectrum of the evangelical church in our land today? We do not have this clear vision of the glory and holiness of our God. felt his sin but verse 6 then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hands which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away thy sin is matched you see when he came conscious of his sin in response to the holiness of God it was then that his sin was purged. And it was then, verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but preserve not. Make the heart of the people fat, and make their eyes heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. You see, right at the start of his ministry, he is told, the people will not listen to you. You want to preach the truth, but they will not listen, they will not respond, they will not repent, they will not believe. They would not be like Isaiah. Isaiah responded by seeing his sin. The people would not do that. But nevertheless, he was to bring the message. Even though, even though that message would only harden their hearts and close their eyes. He was still to bring the message faithfully. And this is what he did for some 40 years. He preached the word of God to a people who would not hear, who would not believe. Was he wasting his time? What sustained and kept him going? What kept him going, surely? was this vision, this knowledge of the glory of the Holy God. 
him all those years. That's what sustained him when his message was rejected. And that message continues throughout the first 35 chapters. And then we have an historical interlude, which brings us up to chapter 40. And when we come to chapter 40, the northern kingdom of Israel have gone into captivity. And only the southern kingdom of Judah around Jerusalem is left. And Isaiah has told them they too will go into captivity. Because they too have rejected the message of the Lord. But that brings us to the start of chapter 40. And the first verse here really introduces this second section of the book. Verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. And when we have this word comfort and speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, it's really saying speak ye to their hearts. of the sovereign God warning of judgments yes there's been glorious promises and prophecies some of which we've studied but there's also been terrible warnings ending with the, the point that they will too get carried away into captivity but now the 
in the, in the Greek would be rendered evangel. It's the same word really. That bring us good tidings, get me up into a higher mountain. Why? So that they could be seen, so they could be heard. Lift up my voice with strength again, so the message could be heard clearly. Lift it up, be not afraid. That's a command. Be not afraid. That's a hard command. Because we are afraid, don't we? But we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. We need to get that clear vision once again, appreciation once again of the glory of the holiness of God. Behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come with strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. With strong hand He will have that inherent strength within himself. Power. His arms shall rule for him. No need of anybody to help. No need of anybody to do anything. Self-sufficient rule. Our God is self-sufficient. Adonai Jehovah the sovereign self-existent this is our God with power with self-existent sovereignty behold his reward is with him and his work before him. When he comes, it will be as a conquering army bringing the spoils of war with him. The prize of victory. What has our God won? What has he accomplished? What is he bringing with him? When he comes. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. This verse is a complete contrast to verse 10. Verse 10 we've got power, might, strength, we have the tender-hearted shepherd caring for the weak and the faint feeding lifting, carrying what a contrast but both are true both are essential 
This is the message of comfort that Isaiah was commissioned to bring to the people. Now, when we look at these verses, we know of whom Isaiah was speaking. We know what the fulfillment is. But we must prove all things. We must examine scripture with scripture and be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. You see, it is not enough that we know what the answer is. We have to be able to show people what the answer is. Why does it matter? Well, it does matter because there are many groups about today who would seek to deny and pervert the truth. I do not need to mention groups like the JWs. We're all familiar with them. But we also have teachings of Islam and Muhammad today we must be clear what we believe and why we believe it and be able to explain it now if we turn first of all to Genesis 48 and we, we just go through and we'll look at three or four Old Testament passages in addition to Isaiah 14 before we turn to the New Testament and seek to prove the point. <coughs> Genesis 48 <coughs> Jacob is dying and he's called his sons together and is blessing them. And in verse 15 it says and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. Now, it doesn't mention the word shepherd there, but it does say that Jacob gave God all the credit for his food which fed me all my life long unto this day and that is an allusion to the work of a shepherd God had overruled even to provide food in Egypt midst the terrible famine through Joseph now Psalm 23. We're all familiar with this psalm. <coughs> psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I just want to emphasize here the personal nature of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want 
He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 5, thou preparest the table before me. You see, this psalm is a rich description of the Lord as our personal shepherd. Personal shepherd. And now, if we come please to Ezekiel, the one I called beauty and the other I called bands and I fed the flock 
Three shepherds also I cut off in one month, and my soul loathed them, and their soul also abhorred me. Then said I, I will not feed you that thou diest. Let it die, and that that is to be cut off. Let it be cut off, and let the rest eat everyone the flesh of another. And I took my staff, even beauty, and cut it asunder, that I might break my covenant which I had made with all the people. And it was so broken in that day, and so the poor of the flock that waited upon me knew that it was the word of the Lord. And I said unto them, If ye think good, give from me my price, and if not forbear. So they weighed for my price thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it into the potter. A goodly price that I was prized that of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. This is a terrible, terrible prophecy. And the Lord would provide a shepherd who would be rejected of the people, who would be sold for thirty pieces of silver. And that money would end up as it were, with the potter. My familiar, with that on twain, if we think of how Judas betrayed the Lord for thirty pieces of silver and took the money into the temple, but they couldn't accept it at the temple because it was the price of blood and they took And he called his own sheep by name 
and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Verse 7. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door that of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come, that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And the Lord, in these first ten verses, has made some very, very clear statements. He is making it clear that he is the shepherd, although he hasn't yet used that word. He's made it clear that those that were leading the people before were thieves and robbers. They were the blind leaders of the blind. They were false teachers who led people astray. And this is not the problem today that there are so many false teachers about who do not base all upon the clear word of God taking it together. But Jesus says that I am the door, the door, the only door. And he says that
turn Isaiah 40. Behold the Lord God will come. And verse 11. Like a shepherd. The Lord God shall come. Like a shepherd. The parts in the middle can be taken out. To show us that like a shepherd is still the Lord God. The Lord God, Adonai, Jehovah, will come like a shepherd. And then Jesus makes this statement so plainly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Does that not refer to bring in what we read about the Lord turning upon the shepherd that he would send and smiting him? Doesn't it bring to mind too all those great wondrous prophecies in Isaiah? He is our shepherd. 
shepherd that laid down his life for the sheep. Verse 24, John chapter 10. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Let's be blunt about it. He'd already told them plainly and they wouldn't listen. They didn't like what they heard. And now they, they come out with this question. Tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you. And ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What a powerful shepherd we have. The good shepherd. My father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Why? Because they considered it blasphemy. They understood exactly what he was saying. They could see clearly he was taking these Old Testament prophecies and telling them that he was the fulfillment. He was the shepherd of Isaiah, of Ezekiel, of Zechariah, the shepherd even of the psalmist. Now, if we move on to Hebrews chapter 13, book of Hebrews in chapter 13 and the 20th verse <coughs> so we've seen the good shepherd that layeth down his life to the sheep who paid the price of the redemption for his sheep who bore the wrath of God put out upon him for his sheep now we come to verse 20 here. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Well, you see, we have the great shepherd here. In his resurrection. It rising from the dead, his power was made clear and apparent to all. His work was finished. His work was complete. And that was proven in his resurrection. Oh, his death was in humility. When he humbled himself and became obedient on the death, even the death of the cross. But his resurrection declared his power, his greatness. We have a great shepherd, a powerful shepherd. One who rose from the dead. One 
life. Of whom it can be said, absent from the body, of his first coming will fulfilled for the 
this wondrous promise of the chief shepherd coming again will be fulfilled. And let's just remind ourselves in Revelation chapter 7 and the 17th verse. Revelation 7 verse 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. Oh, this is the chief shepherd in all eternity intently caring for the flock. We will not lack anything but our hearts will have much to be thankful for. We look for the chief shepherd to come. And what should be on his Remember those words of Isaiah again. Isaiah 40 verse 9. O Zion that bringeth good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountains. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings. Lift up thy voice through strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah. Behold your God. Doesn't this remind us of what the Lord Jesus said before his ascension? Chapter 1 Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Oh, as we look for the chief shepherd to come, we have good tidings to bring to people. We have a message of hope for a despairing world. We have the only message of truth to give to people. We can present to them the good shepherd. We can tell them of the great shepherd who rose triumphantly from the dead. And we can tell them too that the chief shepherd shall come again. What a wondrous message we have. Lord and loving Heavenly Father we do thank you for your precious word we thank you for our saviour the good shepherd the great shepherd the chief shepherd 